Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast. Yeah! Merry, Merry Christmas, everyone. This is the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with your host, Laurent Fortines. We are going to discuss match week 18. 18, we're almost at the halfway point of the Premier League season. And rather than go through everything in every game and talk about that, I will go through the scores, but I want to play a little game and try and go through uh, what every team in the Premier League should be grateful for uh, this season as we enter the festive period. We have a match week on Boxing Day. If you're new to the football world and you're new to the Premier League, the Premier League is the only league, excuse me while I get this thing off here, the Premier League is the only league that runs through the Christmas period. Uh, other leagues, La Liga, Bundesliga, uh, Liga, have taken time off. So there are no other games. The, the world will be watching England on Boxing Day, not tomorrow, but the day after. And we weirdly, for the second time in Premier League history, had a Christmas Eve game today. So we'll go through those in a minute. But before we begin, please like, share, and subscribe. Like, share, and subscribe. It literally means everything to all of us. Uh, Chris has done such an amazing job getting this channel to nearly 1,000 subscribers. Why is the 1,000 subscribers so important? It is the moment that we can begin to monetize and Chris's hard work can pay off on the YouTube channels. So these are big moments. And I'm not seeing anyone watching, but I'm sure you'll watch any second now. Uh, I have jumped in pretty early. Now, let us get to the scores, and then we'll discuss and play our little game. Okay, let us go through match week 18. It started way back on Thursday in the secret M23 derby. Crystal Palace won, Brighton and Hove Albion won. A draw. This game has ended in a draw for like five years running. Then on Friday, the great and powerful Sheffield United eke out a draw against Aston Villa at home, breaking Aston Villa's 15-game unbeaten streak. Amazing stuff. Villa did fight in the end and get a draw late. Then, yesterday, oh God, we'll talk about United. But West Ham defeat Manchester United 2-0 in another limp and poor performance by United. It's not even weird anymore. This is just how they play. And my boy, Vincent Company and the mighty Clarets. Uh, get the 2-0 away win against Fulham. Tough for Fulham after having had so many great games. Then, my other love child, Luton Town. Ugh, getting the 1-0 victory. Andros Townsend showing up in the back post to defeat Newcastle. They need a break desperately, but maybe that excuse is getting over. Uh, Manchester City won the Club World Cup and had their game against Brentford postponed. They will have a game in hand and make that game up. Then, in probably the game of the week, Nottingham Forest 2, Aston, I mean, Bournemouth 3, the fighting Areolas with the hat-trick. Dominic Solanke, what? Hello. Then Spurs at home, first half dominant, second half not so much. Play a barn burner that Everton wins the XG battle of. I talk XG. 2-1 uh, and Liverpool 1, uh, uh, Arsenal 1. In what was billed as the game of the season or a six-pointer or whatever, Arsenal will feel good going in, getting a 1-1 draw versus Liverpool. Uh, a penalty shout there? Maybe. And today, Wolves, the fighting Gary O'Neill's. If you don't love Gary O'Neill and what he does with this Wolves team, I don't know what to tell you. Set pieces, set pieces, set pieces. 2-1 uh, versus Chelsea, and that makes up match week 18. Wow. Amazing stuff. 
But I want to go to the table and I want to say what each team should be grateful for. Uh, I'm sure we all want my take on the 1-1 with Arsenal. And it'll go into each team. So let us start with the great and powerful Arsenal. What should Arsenal be grateful for this year? And what Arsenal should be grateful for in this year is West Ham United selling them Declan Rice. Without that Declan Rice signing, Arsenal would be the same team and unable to fight the kind of fight that they just went through with Liverpool. In this Liverpool game, Arsenal showed guts, strength, and power, something they did not have in the midfield with Partey. And with Rice in the midfield, they are able to do that. They have lost some of their offensive fluidity for a more defensively fluid team, and it's showing. They're only one point off where they were last season, and they head into the Christmas period, into Christmas, top of the league. And they're grateful for Declan Rice. For Liverpool, I think they should be grateful for something that I think that they take for granted, and that is Mo Salah. Mo Salah is the consistent piece. Mo Salah is the one that makes this team go. Mo Salah scored the goal from what can only be termed as an incredible Trent Alexander-Arnold pass. Wow. Uh, Mo Salah almost drew the penalty against um, Martin Odegaard. And Mo Salah is a consistent 20-10 and 10 performer for Liverpool. And I know this from Liverpool fans, they don't take him for granted. But does the rest of the world and the rest of the Premier League take him for granted? I think Mo Salah has an understanding of what he means to this club and understands the magnitude of what Liverpool are as a club. And so Mo Salah is what Liverpool are grateful for. Two more things to for clubs to be grateful for. Aston Villa is grateful for Unai Emery staying at this club. Aston Villa, down on their luck, rolling the dice with Gerard, and they stumble or find a way into a sort of, not hard luck, but a kind of something with a thing to approve uh, Unai Emery. And this is a coach who had about as many European titles as the entire Premier League coaching tree combined and there he is at Aston Villa he falls into their lap and he completely transforms them uh if it weren't for City and Liverpool over the last year they would be the number one club over the last 12 months so Aston Villa are grateful for Unai Emery and we go to Spurs uh this one was a toss-up but I think ultimately Tottenham Hotspur will be grateful for Hyun Min Sun uh, after Emery being the are grateful, I didn't want to do a coach again uh, and do and Pasta Coglu, although they're, they're probably joint. I want to say that Hinmin Sun is who Tottenham are grateful for because of his continuity, his connectivity, his inclusiveness, and the fact that you never hear a rumble from Sun that he wants to leave. He never, ever complains. He plays every game, and I think his attitude, along with this twin pillar, although Harry Kane always wanted to leave, and that's fine. He didn't go about it in a mean way. 
that twin pillar of what it means to be a Spurs player is carried within Sun, and he's now second in goals scored for Tottenham Hotspur, scoring one uh, yesterday. And that was a big goal for Tottenham Hotspur, where he should be. Um, and Tottenham Hotspur will have the love of Hinman Sun. Manchester City, what are we grateful for? We're grateful for the trouble. <laughs> Uh, there's so many things to be grateful for this team, but we're grateful to having won the trouble that it allows us to not feel crappy about this season that is sputtering, frankly. Uh, you know, only one win in their last five. City are just sort of hanging on and kind of not really dealing well with being a big club in a weird way. Like, yes, they're leading the league and goals scored, even with a game uh, in hand. Yes, they're still second in defense. But this team doesn't feel right right now. A lot of those points were racked up early in the season, uh, and they have three losses, which is more than you know their two rivals, Arsenal and Liverpool, uh, in the group. So uh, Arsenal, are great, uh, City are grateful for having won the treble. Otherwise, we would be really, really, really talking about the problems this team is having. West Ham, grateful for Jared Bowen. What a player! Actually, they're 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 grateful for the, to their transfer window. That's a better way. They're grateful for getting James Ward, Paros, Kudus, and Alvarez. They took Declan Rice and transformed him into what they need. It was one of those things where they could take a single player, take the fee they got from him, the 110 million pounds, and spread it into all the weaknesses of the team. The team had a problem at striker. They didn't buy a striker. They let Skamaka go, but they bought Kudus and found an internal solution by putting Bowen up front. They were never going to replace the dynamism of Rice with a single player. So instead, they replaced him with Alvarez, the holder, and James Ward-Prowse, also holding, but in a different way, and took um, and took Suchek and moved him forward. So they, by losing Rice, they were able to improve the sum of their parts and add depth. So this team is much stronger. Even though they're only plus one and they've had some weird results, I feel like this West Ham unit um, can be grateful for its transfer window and where it is right now. For Newcastle United, Newcastle is grateful for St. James's Park. <laughs> I think uh, any of the Toon Army would be remiss if they were not appreciative of their home form. Uh, without that stadium, without their home fans, they would have never beat PSG. They would have never, you know, had a couple of those big results that they had. And they're still, they're, they have seven losses, uh, even though last year they only had two all year or until the latter half of the season. But they're pushing, they're still plus 14, but a lot of that is from a single game. So they're kind of inconsistent right now, um, but they do want to get there. They've got a couple of good wins, but that loss against Everton is brutal, especially away from home. The loss against Spurs away from home, their wins have been at home. Uh, when they go away from home, they just can't get it done right now because the players are living on emotion and living on fear and living on um, whatever they can. So Newcastle United are grateful for St. James's Park. For Manchester United, I don't know what they can be grateful for. Um, I think what they should be grateful for is Ole and Rangnick. Because if they hadn't been as bad as they'd been for as long as they've been, this season would be even worse. But because I think expectations have actually been lowered 
at this point. Um, United are just grateful that it's not worse because it could be worse. Uh, they're probably grateful for Ratcliffe. Yeah, that's what they'd be grateful for. They're grateful for the takeover that was signed today. Maybe this season they can put it behind them and move forward and try and find a way at a, a minus five. 18 goals scored. United just need to turn the page and hope this isn't a lost season. Uh, Brighton and Hove Albion are grateful for Roberto De Zerbi. There's nothing more they can be grateful for. Actually, you know what? One level up. They're grateful for Tony Bloom and the consistency of ownership that has allowed them to grow into the Premier League, to go from Hewton to Potter, now to De Zerbi, under the consistent eye of an owner who loves the club, pulls it forward, and knows what it's doing. Uh, Chelsea would be grateful for... Um, oh, they're grateful for Manchester United because if it weren't for as bad as Manchester United would be, we'd be talking about Chelsea on a weekly basis. Uh, so they're grateful for that and for Bowley for spending all the money. Uh, let's just sort of start cruising. Wolverhampton Wanderers are grateful for... I know who I'm grateful for, Gary O'Neill, who has taken this team after Lopetegui walked out on them after... Um, and and Bournemouth inexplicably, well, not inexplicably, they're right next to each other, explicably fired Gary O'Neill, but he found the right team, landed right in the right spot, and him being, and, and uh, Wang has been scoring goals for them. They're appreciative of Gary O'Neill. Bournemouth is only one answer. Dominic Solanke, what a Christmas gift, unwrapped, a hat trick, AFC Bournemouth, grateful for Dominic Solanke. Fulham, their greatest need and their greatest joy is the fact that they have Paulinha. Without Paulinha, they would be in trouble. But Paulinha does two things for them. He allows them to win now, and he is a mark of a payday that is coming. I promise you, when they sell Paulinha, it will be for a large amount of money. But they've got to get off the schneid. They had their two wins, 5-0, but then um, these last two losses have been pretty brutal, specifically the Burnley game where I probably feel like they should have won. Brentford, again, this is just like Chelsea, just like Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, Brentford are grateful for their structure and for Benheim and for how they are run and for where they are, how everything runs top to bottom, bottom to top. And without it, they'd be in trouble. Crystal Palace has twins gratefuls. They're grateful for their two young midfielders, Eze and Elise. May they play together the rest of the season because without them, they've held on. Uh, gotten the draws they kind of you know in five they get one win that's quite not good enough but at least draws don't feel as bad and they had a huge 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 result against Manchester City 2-2 really to lift their spirits they were really kind of going in a dark place but now that they have Elise and Eze they can see what their plan was going to be and grow for the rest of the season Everton Everton are weirdly grateful for their 10-point deduction because it completely galvanized the team and they took off uh, despite the loss to um, Spurs. Four out of five, 10-point deduction, Sean Deitch exactly at 800. They would have 26 points without the deduction. They'd be right behind in the top 10 ahead of Chelsea. What an amazing season. They will not go down. Uh, they will stay up. This is going to be a great season for them. Nottingham Forest, I want to say Nottingham Forest right now are grateful for Luton, Burnley, and Sheffield being so bad because they're really playing poorly. As much as I love Steve Cooper, I think there is value in 
getting out of the fighting about their manager. Uh, they do now have Nuno in, and they had a terrible result because of a terrible red card. Uh, probably might have lost to Bournemouth anyway, the way Solanke was playing, but uh, Forrest will be grateful for who got promoted. Luton, they can only be grateful to one person, and I think that's Tom Locke here. Uh, the team is really playing with his spirit on their minds, especially after the loss to City when he went uh, uh, the loss after they lost and he went down. Um, I forget what, what game it was in. I'm sorry if I if I got it wrong, but uh, the win against Newcastle was dedicated to their captain Tom Lockyer, and they're appreciative of his help. He's going to make a recovery. He's going to be fine. He's going to be okay. Uh, Burnley, I don't know how much they have to be grateful for, but they're grateful for a win. <laughs> they're grateful to Fulham. They get a win, and Sheffield will be grateful for um, Chris Wilder returning after Heckenbottom had such a hard time, and that's where we are. Personally, I'm grateful for the Premier League. I'm grateful for, you know, I'm grateful for all the things that have happened this season. I'm grateful for Chris coming in. I'm grateful for all the WhatsApp group people, for Manny, John, Dima, um, uh, Mike Redman, all the gang over in the chat group who make Premier League games work and run and everything that it means. The Premier League doesn't work and sport does not work without being able to spend time with friends, without being able to spend time busting each other's chops. And that is what sport is about. And so we enjoy it. We're grateful for our friends. We're grateful for our sides. And hopefully the hope doesn't kill us. Uh, you know, I think about my poor friend, John, who's actually going to be at Old Trafford on Boxing Day and his poor Man United for being such a good sport. How often we take dumps on poor United. They're just so bad. Uh, I'm grateful for the schadenfreude of United. I'm grateful for um, Arsenal and Liverpool not putting the hammer down and letting City stay Somewhat in striking distance. Hey, they win their game in hand. They're just two points behind Liverpool and three points behind Arsenal. So really a tight race, a close race, an interesting race. A Premier League that is filled with great players, is filled with great characters, is filled with players, you know, grabbing moments by the scruff of the neck and moving themselves forward. Uh, I could talk about dozens and dozens of crappy little players that I just love and adore on your team. Like I love Yates on Nottingham Forest. He seems to play for the shirt. Um, I love Archer in Sheffield playing hard, running hard for the team. Osho for Burnley makes me so, so happy. Adebayo for Luton. Um, Everton, I cannot get enough of Tarkovsky. He's a monster, a, a, a destroyer. Alessi and Eze bring me joy every time I watch Crystal Palace, Brentford, you beautiful bastard with Nordgaard in the middle. What a great midfielder, underrated, just does everything he needs to do. For Fulham, how could I forget Bernd Leno? He carries that team in goal after um, Arsenal ditched him. He's gone there and been amazing. For Bournemouth, it's Solanke. What a great player. Uh, just proud of his work that he's done. He's made himself into a real Premier League player. Uh, for Wolves, Huang, Huang and Cunha. Just great, great partnership up front. Uh, Chelsea, uh, I love Connor Gallagher. I love his energy. I love how he runs. I love his fight. I love what Cole Palmer is doing. Grateful to see Cole Palmer just 
expressing himself as a player at Chelsea, doing everything that he can do for Brighton, Lewis Dunk. God, I love him. I love Lewis Dunk so much, uh, Brighton. You know, he takes shots in the face. He'll take shots in the nads. He'll take a shot in the ass. He'll get a red card, and he'll come back and play again. United, I'm just grateful for how bad you are, how many hours and hours of things I can talk about with United's failure, their ownership, Ten Hag, Bruno, just how bad you are. The schadenfreude you give me brings me no level of joy. Um, for Newcastle, it's, it's Joe Linton. It's his rampaging destruction of football. West Ham, I love, love, love Jared Bowen. I've tracked him since he was at since he was at Hull. I've seen him come up. I saw his season last season where he couldn't score his goals, and this year he did. And for City, it's of course uh, Rodri carrying the team. Spurs, it's Son Villa. I love John McGinn and his crooked face. It's broken necked. His weird big butt. Aston Villa, you're a dream. Liverpool. I don't really want to give any respect to any people on this team, but <laughs> I do uh, I do have a lot of respect for Allison. You drive me crazy. You make saves that no one should make, and you just do it on a regular basis. And Arsenal, Odegaard, I just adore him. So thank you for everything that you're doing. All the teams, all the teams have gifts to watch. If you're not paying attention, you should. Don't just follow your team. Watch all the teams. That's the way football is at its best. That's the way you can get joy week upon week, day upon day. When your team's bad, watch Sheffield play Luton Town. Watch the spirit. Watch how much it means. Yes, it's crap football, but it's our crap football. It's their Premier League. These guys are playing and giving you their entire life to win these games. And we shouldn't take that for granted at all. Okay, um, I would be remiss if I did not discuss the Super League. Um, I'm glad that I'm glad that the Premier League is not participating in it. From a business perspective, I completely understand why La Liga and why um, other clubs are trying to push into this. I know why it gets done. I understand that. Uh, they need to try and make up the revenue of the Premier League. The Premier League already is the Super League. And um, if you don't know that, you're not paying attention. I love the business of football. I love the business of sport. I'm always, always, always checking on it. Um, and so seeing that ruling come through and understanding how teams generate revenue I'm wondering why my show is not on. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to figure out something about uh, whether this game is live right now. I'm just trying to check. You are live. You on YouTube. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm just checking on something. And it is live. And it is going. Oh, it's unlisted. Why is it unlisted? Okay, it looks like my show is actually not live. It's just streaming without uh, anyone watching it, which is okay. Uh, it doesn't bother me. Uh, I can figure that out later. Um, so, you know, the Super League seems to be a problem that 
will keep coming up as long as there are revenue problems at the other leagues, as long as Real Madrid and Barcelona are having money problems and they need to compete with those top leagues. And until they do that, until they're able to um, deal with those issues, they're going to continue to um, push for this type of thing. And without it, they'll never catch up in their revenue side. So I'm not surprised it happened. Uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that. Public, sorry, here we go. I'm not surprised that. Um, that Real Madrid or Barcelona tried to get this going. I'm not surprised at it at all. And seeing it happen again does not give me any joy. It's not actually that bad of a system. It does address some of the things, but it's more of an attempt to lock in revenue, more an attempt to try and Americanize the Premier League. This is ultimately what they're trying to do. As much as possible, uh, these leagues are pushing for less risk, guaranteed revenue, lock-in of value, and they think that this division will do that. Uh, they have outgrown their domestic leagues. The revenue within each country is as high as it's going to be. Uh, they're so inefficient, especially Barca and Real, because of the nature of their socios, the club ownership owned by its members. They can't raise the money through private markets the way the Premier League can. It's their structure which is hurting them. So, you know, that's just where they are. Not a great process, not a great system. So without the money that they are looking for, they will not be able to grow. So that's what I think. Hopefully the Premier League will stay out of that division. Hopefully we won't have that continuing. Hopefully that kind of idea starts to lose weight. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so let us go to Boxing Day. Uh, the standout fixture here uh, would be John's arrival at Old Trafford, Manchester United versus Aston Villa. I think really we have to think about it this way. It's a mid-table club versus a Premier League aspirational team. Uh, Aston Villa coming off a draw where Sheffield United really sat deep and organized and played for the shirt. Everything that United doesn't do on a regular basis. Um, they did it against Liverpool, but... Will the United players see this event as a big game that they have to get up for? Uh, I think Villa will do them. Other big game, well, City haven't played, but this actually be this Sunday Wednesday game, uh, Everton uh, versus Manchester City is actually becomes a big game because Everton are quite good. They're not what they are in the standings. It's a real game, and then this Brighton and Hove Albion game <laughs> against Tottenham Hotspur. This is take the over. I think this could be a huge goal fest. Both teams attacking, both teams going at it, and then a London Derby, West Ham versus Arsenal. This is the type of game, not that Arsenal shouldn't win this game, especially at home, but this is the type of opponent that will sit deep and frustrate Arsenal that I think they could stumble. Um, you know, they just had a draw against Liverpool. This becomes another difficult game for Arsenal. There are no easy games, but I think West Ham are a team with a lot of 
skill and they present problems to a team like Arsenal. Uh, if you remember in that back half of the season, there was a West Ham draw or loss coupled with that Ars- that Liverpool combination down at the end of the season. And then, of course, the wheels fall off with the Southampton game. But this is that same period. So uh, we'll see what happens with Arsenal. Who's Liverpool play? Uh, I guess they play... Oh, my God, there's so many games. Before next, before next Sunday, there'll be almost two rounds of games. Holy moly. <laughs> uh, New Year's Day, Liverpool, Newcastle. That should be amazing. Also, lots and lots of history within these games. Again, the festive period is bonkers. Uh, there's just games after games after games, and this is where teams really start to struggle. Okay, um, it is Christmas. I'm going to take it slow. I'm not going to drive myself nuts. Uh, again, I went through what all the teams are grateful for and then what I'm grateful for from each club. Uh, I'm grateful for everyone on this, on this channel. Uh, like I said, thank you. Merry Christmas. Enjoy your football, hug your family, hug your friends, stay off the internet. Don't listen to Twitter. And you know what is my advice? Go to church. Even if you haven't all year, uh, sometimes it feels good. Something traditional, whatever you used to do as a kid at Christmas, do that again. Uh, I know it sounds weird, but I found it to be helpful this time of year. Okay, that was the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast. We are presented by the Top Football Club channel, uh, and we record on Sundays throughout the Premier League season. Um, If it's your first time, please like, share, and subscribe. We appreciate you. We thank you. Merry Christmas. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Chris. And um, I'm not sure if we'll be here on Monday. I got to check in with Chris, but uh, if I don't hear from you, have a great Christmas. Enjoy Boxing Day. Bye.